following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. My lover's heart for me, for me. Cupid, please hear my cry and let your arrow fly straight to my lover's heart for me. Now, I don't mean to bother you, but I'm in distress. There's danger of me losing all of my happiness. For I love a girl who doesn't know I exist And this you can fix So, Cupid, draw back your bow And let your arrow go Straight to my lover's heart For me, nobody but me Cupid, please hear my cry Clarksdale, Mississippi's own Sam Cooke. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Welcome. And uh, I have a Bible verse for you, which is a longer one, but I'm going to read it anyway. It's from the 10th chapter of John. I am the good shepherd. Truly, I say to you that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. <laughs> it's an interesting verse of Scripture, basically pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is, this, is the um, shepherd of his sheep and that the sheep know his voice because of the Spirit of God that's implanted in them helps them tell who the voice of God is. So...
former BP uh, Biden's 2020 bid shapes the White House race. Former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden entered the 2020 Democratic field on Thursday as an instant frontrunner, drawing momentum away from other candidates and putting new pressure on underperformers to find ways to stay relevant. Biden, 76 years old, a longtime U.S. senator who served two terms as then-President Barack Obama's number two, announced his bid in a video describing the high stakes of the race to take on Republican President Donald Trump. We're in the battle for the soul of this nation. I would agree with that, Joey. But uh, I don't know that you're the one I want to entrust it to. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. But if we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation, who we are, and I cannot stand by and let that happen. Trump Trump responded in a post on Twitter saying, Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe, and slamming Biden's intelligence. Biden joins U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, a self-described Democratic Socialist, atop the 20-candidate field. With Biden positioned to be Sanders' chief rival, the resulting clash could lay bare the conflict in the Democrat Party between its moderate and progressive wings. I didn't realize Bernie was even a Democrat. I think he decides to run as a Democrat when, uh, you know, when uh, when it's convenient for him. Although Biden has yet to lay out policy proposals as a candidate, he backs many causes valued by progressive, including the minimum wage, combating climate change, banning assault weapons, and free public college. He has not come out in favor of Medicare for all advocated by Sanders and others. Kyle Kondik, a political analyst at the University of VA, says it remains unclear whether Biden can build on his loyal base of support. If that happens, it could come at Sanders' expense. This is interesting because there have been 20 people jump into the race or maybe more than 20 at this point. And according to this guy, Jim Newell, I was just reading from uh, uh, a Reuters release. Uh, The 2020 candidates smell blood. The reason so many Democrats are running is they think Biden won't survive. This is interesting. So he's the front runner. And yet all the people that are in the race, like Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg and uh, uh, the others, uh, Beto O'Rourke and Hickenlooper, Bernie Sanders, Amy Kublaklar, Andrew Yang, Julian Castro, Cory Booker, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Bill de Blasio, those people think that Biden won't hang in there and make it. They regard him, according to uh, Jim Newell, as a paper tiger whose fall will make the nomination for anyone's taking. Candidates jump into the presidential race for all different reasons. To actually become president, but also to raise their national profiles for the vice presidency, cabinet positions, book releases, and cable news contributor agreements. And yet when Democratic senators and governors had a similar opportunity in 2016, the only mainstream opponent willing to challenge Hillary Clinton was former Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley. How'd that profile raising work out for him? Not too well. The field in 2016 was so small, not because politicians with national aspirations didn't exist, but because they thought Clinton, with her name recognition, resources, party relationships, high early polling numbers, and general next-in-line aura was inevitable. 
She cleared the field of most competition because other mainstream candidates knew she would win. And non-mainstream Bernie figured she would also. Biden is something more like a 2016 Jeb Bush, a weak establishment favorite whose time might be passed. And should voters deprioritize his top perceived strength, electability, he could soon face the wolves. He leads national in some early state polling, but not by much. This is interesting. They think the crime bill that he authored in 1994 is considered by the modern iteration of the party to have been an embarrassment, as is his handling of the Clarence Thomas Supreme Court nomination. Some of his anti-busing rhetoric from the 70s was even by the standard of the 70s astonishing. As a senator who for 36 years represented Delaware, a small fiefdom run by banks, his economic record has more than a few blemishes, such as his support for the 2005 bankruptcy bill, one of the slimiest pieces of legislation passed in this century. And he voted for the Iraq war. So they're going to come after him big time. The size of the field is a representation of the candidate's belief that all of this will sink Biden, unlocking the tentative support of roughly one-third of the party for the taking. The field's bet on Biden's fallibility is now shared among the pundits also. Everything Biden does will be interpreted through the same lens that he's out of his element, and it's a pity no one was able to dissuade him from launching this last egotistical crusade. Are politicians and obsessive political observers right? Apart from the press, no one cares whether Biden launches his campaign on Wednesday or Thursday via a video or a rally. And Biden's numbers following the inappropriate touching allegations were barely affected. That's why I've never fully brought the interpretation that Biden is foolish, pathetic, even to go down this path. What if another... Enough primary voters hear all of scrutiny of Biden's past and all the declarations that he's out of touch with the party's present and future and still like him anyway. Other candidates have made the bet that Biden's collapse is inevitable, but it's just a bet. So what this guy says is that they, they think that he won't make it. He's not sure. Stay with us. It is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. They need to know what's going on. Admission bribery scandal. Cases of measles. Attacks returns. Want to be informed. Crisis at the border. Child separation. The full report. Check in and catch up. All of the information. Every day. For everyday life. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. We're having a party Dancing to the music Played by the DJ on the radio. The cokes are in the ice box. Popcorns on the table. Me and my baby, we're out here on the floor. So, Mr. Mr. DJ, keep those records playing. Cause I'm a heaven 
such a good time dancing with my baby. Everybody's swinging. Sally's doing that twist now. If you take request, I got a few for you. Play that song called More of Sam Cooke. Cook died at the age of 33 on December 11th, 1964 at the Hacienda Motel. There's a lot of controversy surrounding his death. You you studied a little bit about it, Curtis. Yeah, I just saw the uh, Netflix documentary on him. Yeah. Interesting character. A lot of the, you listen to the first part of this song where he talks about Cokes on the icebox. It's because he came from a very religious family and much of his early songs. He didn't want to dip his toe into anything controversial to make his parents angry. Right. So he had a voice that's just uh it's so distinctive and uh uh you know, that sort of high tenor, uh just beautiful, great voice. So, back to this Biden and uh, thing again. Um, conservatives reject. So Biden was on uh, the uh, the View the other day, and uh, he said that uh, President Obama's administration did not have a single whisper of scandal for all eight years during his appearance on the View. I'm incredibly proud to have served with him. This is a article by J- Julio Rosas and Jerry Dunleavy. Uh, the thing I'm proudest of is we were each in a different part of the country and we were talking to groups of people that were being televised on the same day. Purely, purely coincidentally, we were asked what were the proudest thing you had from the administration and you know what I said? He said the same thing. Not single, one single whisper of scandal. However, others would say that, uh, that maybe there were some scandals, such as Operation Fast and Furious. Uh, that was a gun-running thing for, for Mexico uh, to try to... Um, keep the well it, it it was a scandal according to some people i can't pull up the uh actual uh thing about it i i just remember it benghazi that was that had to have been considered a scandal uh, IRS cons- targeted conservative 501c3 nonprofits. Come on. Trading five Taliban prisoners for Army deserter Sergeant Bo Bergdahl. Mass domestic spying by the NSA. Uh, the VA, abuse at the VA. So y- you got to take what these liberal news outlets and and stories uh narratives like the uh the view say and uh add a grain of salt to them because you could certainly surmise that uh that the Obama administration had some uh, some controversies in it and they just simply went ignored uh, by the media. That's that's what conservatives have to try to do that have any airtime at all is set the record a little more straight than what the prevailing incumbent media would have you believe. Uh, that they're that the Obama years were perfect, and that uh, 
you know, we ought to return to them. You just had, we'll get into it in a little bit, but you just had 3.2% growth in the economy. One more thing on Biden here. Joe Biden is running on the media's Charlottesville lie about uh, Trump. This is by Eddie Scary on the uh, American Thinker. So on uh, in his campaign launch posted Thursday on YouTube, the former vice president said it was President Trump's comments on the Charlottesville protest that served as his personal bat signal. He said there were Quote, some fine people on both sides, says Biden. Very fine people on both sides. With those words, the president of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any other I'd seen in my lifetime. You can imagine Biden in 2017 sitting his recliner with an O'Doul's when it struck him that the country needed him. He would don his cape one more time. After the violent clash in Charlottesville, where protests against the taking down of a historical statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee, who, by the way, did more to try to heal this country uh, than... Uh, Anybody on both sides could have said. Morphed into an alt-right rally, Trump held a press conference wherein he was repeatedly asked about the incident. Out of more than 15 minutes of questions and answers, the press glommed onto the three seconds where Trump said, you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. It was made to look as though Trump had equated white supremacists who hijacked the event and liberals who were there to counter pro protest. This is precisely the opposite of what Trump said. Trump made clear several times during the conference that he was referring specifically to those who had showed up to demonstrate against the statue's removal and that he otherwise condemned the white supremacists. What, said, what Trump said, as transcribed by the L.A. Times, I've condemned neo-Nazis. I've condemned many different groups, but not all the people were neo-Nazis. Believe me, not all those people were white supremacists by any stretch. Those people were also there because they wanted to protest the taking down of a statue of Robert E. Lee. Historical people, people who follow history. So, you know, this is where... I would be there protesting taking down a statue of Lee because I see him as a person in history that's complicated but many ways good. Stay with us. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare intuitive and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Outcome. Chili peppers are hot. Lava is hot. And winning is hot when you're at Red Mile Gaming and Racing. Experience fun and exciting action on over 900 games. Race your way to big money with the Red Mile $100,000 Derby Dash for cash. Don't miss your chance to win $100,000 cash on Saturday, May 4th and May 18th. Start earning entries now with your winner's circle card. Red Mile Gaming and Racing. Red hot excitement. Visit RedMileKY.com for details. Kentuckians are always on the move. Whether you're driving down the road for a gallon of milk or flying across the country, Kentucky's new driver's licenses will get you there more securely than ever before. Rolling out by county starting this April. All cards will arrive in the mail. Choose between a standard license or a U.S. air travel and military base approved voluntary travel ID license. Preparing now will save valuable time later when you renew at your local circuit court clerk office. Learn what documents to bring at drive.ky.gov. President Trump at the annual NRA convention, pulling Senate ratification of a landmark U.N. global arms treaty that would keep weapons away from human rights violating countries. We are reaffirming that American liberty is sacred and that American citizens 
live by American laws, not the laws of foreign countries. Thank you. The Mueller report leaves Americans unmoved. A new ABC News Washington Post poll finds that the president's approval rating is nearly unchanged at 39 percent after the release of the report. The Sri Lankan president saying more than 70 people have now been arrested in connection to the Easter church attacks. The death toll has been lowered to 253. The CDC reporting that 177 people in 10 states have been sickened by ground beef that was sold to restaurants and institutions. More than 160,000 pounds of beef now recalled over concerns it may be contaminated with E. coli. Dave Packer, ABC News. Final weekend for April. Underway with a mix of sunny clouds on your Saturday. Windy weather. Watch out for some scattered showers and thunderstorms late this afternoon into the evening with a cold front dropping in. We'll see high mid-60s ahead of the front. Low 60s with partly sunny skies behind it for your Sunday. As we go into Monday, scattered storms are possible with highs topping out back into the mid and upper 70s. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLE. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Message and data rates may apply. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. You'll learn the same degree as you would on campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For information, text SCHOOL to 35517. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degrees, text SCHOOL to 35517. That's S-C-H-O-O-L to 35517. Hi there. What's up? Uh, I'm rescanning the TV. Is there something wrong? No. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. So why are you rescanning? Remember, we heard the announcements about local TV channels changing broadcast frequencies and that we would need to rescan the TV? That's right. It's easy. I learned how to do it at fcc.gov/tvrescan. They also have a hotline if you need it. 1-888-CALL-FCC. Oh, that was easy. 630 WLAP. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. Know how to pronounce it. That's uh, more of Sam Cooke. Back on the Tom Dupree show. So, the way I look at uh, the Joe Biden candidacy is that uh, it's similar to Bob Dole or Hillary Clinton or any of these, uh, the idea of inevitability that you, it's your turn, Joe. And um, that never really works out. Uh, it, it didn't work out for Jeb Bush. It certainly didn't work out for Hillary Clinton. The voters are smarter than that. They don't want to be served up yesterday's scallop potatoes. Um, you know, they are interested in new ideas, new thoughts. That's why the Democratic Party is undergoing uh, a big upheaval. Now, the new thinking crowd, um, they want socialism. That's what... That's what it is in the Democrats nowadays, and it's a pretty clear choice. Um, what do you want as a voter? Do you want the government telling you 
everything you can and cannot do, sticking its nose into just about every corner of the business world. You want the government uh, dictating to you choices and ways to think and ways to do things. If you do, vote Democrat because that's what you're going to get. Um, and to take a little thing that Trump said in the context of a 15-minute speech saying that there were good some good people on the right side who were not white supremacists but were actually conservatives who wanted to just didn't want the statue torn down um, and take that and spin it it's cowardly it's the way uh, politics runs but that doesn't make it right now uh, last Sunday you had a terrific attack on Christians in Sri Lanka. And this is an article by David Horowitz. The Islamic State has now taken credit for the Muslim massacre of Christians in Sri Lanka. On an average, over 300 Christians a month are killed for their faith globally. This is the end result of a campaign of disrespect and hate towards Christians that have become a significant theme of American politics as well. This is an interesting point. Is it merely coincidental, coincidental that the most rapidly rising candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination, Pete Buttigieg, launched his campaign with an unfounded and unprovoked attack on Americans' vice president because he is a Christian? You may not realize this, but Pete, uh, I'll just call him Mayor Pete, came out at a uh, conference for gay and lesbian people and said that people like Mike Pence dis uh, disrespected him because of his gayness and that his argument is with his creator. Now, the fact is, this was very disingenuous and grandstanding because Pence himself knows Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, and has a cordial relationship with him. But uh, Mayor Pete decided to pick a, a fight with him over this. Mayor Pete's hatred was inspired by Pence's Christian beliefs, not any anti-gay behavior on his part. In other words, it was an assault on Americans' most basic freedom. Is John still there? John Short, let's let you come in. How are you? I'm best with everything. How are you doing? Good. Well, we need Trump to be Biden because Biden, four years ago, would have beaten Trump in 2016 because opposed to had him ahead. They did. Yep. Biden, you would have won. You thought? That's what that's what I heard four years ago. Michael Sass said four years ago that Biden would have won. Yeah, but everybody Trump. was saying that Trump was going to get beat right up till the end when he won. And I think having Trump won four years ago, he gets my vote again twenty twenty like he did in twenty sixteen. We need Trump desperately. Yeah, I agree with you. I think all you're going to get with the Democrats is is socialism or some version of it. I know socialism been going around. I think when Andrew Jackson was president, when he was pre when when he was president, he got the Indians out of the, United, out of the eastern part of the United States to the West Coast. I think socialism began there when, when Jackson was president. You do? Yeah, go back that far. Well, I don't know. The, the, the thing that's called socialism didn't really begin until uh, the time of Karl Marx and uh, uh, Lenin and those people. I go back before that. I go back before that. And also, when Woodrow Wilson hated the Constitution, that's socialism. Yeah, that's true. So, and then also when King when King George was King of England, that's socialism there too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, and communism. So yes, I go way back. I go. I go. Yeah, you go I, way I, back, don't you? Yes. 
So they really didn't get started with Karl Marx. It was before Karl Marx. I know it was. All right. Well, I'll I'll st- I'll I'll go along with you, John, the historian. That's right. And so, and, and also, well, Josh Allen. I think the only football player. I think the only football player got drafted. I don't think anybody else got drafted yet. Uh, Lonnie Johnson, or number six, the defensive. Uh, was it Lon- what What's his name? Yeah, Lonnie Johnson got drafted uh, yeah. in the second round, and Mike Edwards got drafted in the third round uh, last night. Josh Allen was the only first rounder uh, from Kentucky, but now so far they've had a guy drafted in every round. Yeah, and it's amazing that I wasn't ready for, for an NFL draft, and the mock draft having unready, he should have come back for a senior year. He, he just he should have come back. He wasn't ready. He, he wasn't even. Can Benny ready. come back now or not? No, he's not gonna come back. But here's what I think should have happened. I think what I think what needs to happen. If you go to the NFL draft or NBA draft and get undrafted, you need to come back. Since he was undrafted, he should come back. Well, they have that rule in the NBA, don't they, Curtis? Yeah, it's not implemented yet, but that's still that's something they're working through. And, and the NFL draft isn't over yet, John. They got four more rounds today. Four more rounds. But I think if you get undrafted, no matter what sport, you need to come back. You be safe for the draft and. And you don't get drafted. You just need need to come back. I, really, I, I hope really these, that. I, I hope the people at the NCAA and the NFL are listening to you, John. He's got oh, a direct line. Yeah, they are too. All right, John. I appreciate it. Hey, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome great, great American. American. Take care. Thank you. So uh, I want to get back to this thing of the attacks on Americans, Christian, or on Christians. Mayor Pete's hatred was inspired by Pence's Christian beliefs, not any anti-gay behavior on his part. In other words, it was an assault on Americans' most basic freedom, religious liberty. Pete's attack took place without so much as a demurral from any national Democratic figure and, in fact, led directly to his ascension to third place in the Democratic primary race. That alone speaks volumes about the anti-Christian prejudices manifested by the left in this country. I might add our our mayor, uh, Jim Gray, went up and I think met with Mayor Pete and has endorsed him. But to, to attack Pence simply because of his Christian beliefs, unprovoked, having known him, in the past is really grandstanding. Back to this article by David Horowitz. Consider Barack Obama, who referred to the Sri Lankans murdered in church as Easter worshipers, as though they were Druids on holiday rather than Christians worshiping their Savior on the day he believed they rose from the dead. The other side of this disrespect is the zeal with which leftists have closed ranks around supporters of the Islamic war against infidels, like Congressman Omar and Tlaib, both of whom have done fundraising speeches for terrorist-related groups. In a recent article about the Sri Lankan attacks in National Review, Doug Bandow writes, Christianity's dominant role in American culture has obscured the fact that it is the most persecuted faith globally. In fact, Christianity is almost invisible in Americans' persecuted public culture and its most persecuted faith as well. The Christians who created America made religious liberty and freedom of conscience the foundations of all other Americans, other freedoms. In doing so, Christians gave a great gift not only to Americans but to people all over the world whose freedoms Americans have defended. This America is now under attack. Freedom of speech for conservatives is now non-existent on America's public university campuses and private. They are in embryo, the one-party state the Democratic Party is working overtime to achieve. Democrats are determined to destroy the Electoral College, which was designed to protect the minority from the tyranny of the majority. 
They are working to destroy America's borders, give rapists, murderers, and Boston Marathon voters the right to vote. That's what Bernie Sanders said the other day. He said even the Boston Marathon killer in jail should be able to vote. And uh, uh, Kamala Harris said they should legalize marijuana and let the drug dealers be the biggest sellers of it. That's what she, this is somebody running for president. The war on American democracy has reached a critical point. To grasp the nature of this war, to understand its goals, it is essential to recognize its origin and its war against Christians. Christian beliefs in the sanctity of life and free will and hence individual accountability and in the flawed nature of humanity are the principal bulwark against our descent into the barbarism which progressivism promises us. Think about this. Think about it when you're voting. What are you voting for? Who are you vote? What kind of vision of this country are you voting for? Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The news you want to know. We still don't even have all the evidence. Mullah, mullah, mullah. It's enough. The news you need to know. Biden is leading in the polls. Inappropriate behavior. I think we beat him easily. Stay in the news. And I'll be reading on the economy. With News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Another sad Sounds like somebody needs to hook up with this guy. He's got money, just got paid. I like his confidence, though. Yeah. If I could meet him, I could get him. And I just ain't met him. <laughs> That's a heck of a lot. It is. <laughs> That's like Josh Allen when he was at the Combine talking about, uh, well, he said he was going to go first overall, didn't he? Well, that was actually after the bowl game. Uh, if he said, I don't go number one, I don't know who will. He went That's seventh. Right. He'll do all right, though. I think I saw his four-year contract will be $22.5 million. Is that right? Yep. There you go. Amazing. He just played himself and worked himself into that position. Yep. So, way to go, Josh. Now we'll see if Benny Snell will get picked up in the next uh, few rounds going forward. U.S. economy powers ahead in the first quarter, 3.2% growth. This is big news here. Uh, the Commerce Department says the U.S. economy picked up steam. This is a uh, report from NPR. U.S. economy picked up steam in the first three months of the year after a rocky finish to 2018. GDP grew at an annual rate of 2.2% in the 3.2% in the first quarter, up from 2.2 at the end of last year. 
That's a significant turnaround from six weeks ago when many analysts expected a slump in GDP growth to just 2% or less. A pickup in consumer spending contributed to the improved outlook. Retailers enjoyed strong sales gains in March after a lackluster February. I think there's a sign of relief, said Jack Kleinheinz, chief economy for the National Retail Federation. Not only retailers, but the overall view of the economy. Earlier in the year, shoppers seemed worried about the stock market slump, the government shutdown, and trade tensions with China. But by the end of the first quarter, they seemed ready to put those fears aside and resume spending. The American consumer is key to the U.S. economy. It's been that way for years, by the way. It's consumer-driven. We consume everything we produce and a lot of what everyone else produces across the globe. So if the American consumer is hanging tough, that's good for our economy, but also good for the global economy. There are still some yellow caution flags. The first quarter GDP figure was once boosted by temporary factors such as boost in inventories and slowdown in imports. Once those wear off, many forecasters expect GDP growth to cool to around 2%. Last year, growth was boosted by fiscal stimulus, said Ben Hertzon, an economist at IHS Market. We had pretty big tax cuts and big increases in federal spending, but the contribution to growth from fiscal stimulus is peaking, and it will begin to wear off this year. So, yes, but... Will the consumer continue to buy? And the answer is evidently yes. Barron says the S&P 500 and NASDAQ hit new highs because the economic slowdown didn't arrive. U.S. stocks continued to rise on Friday in both the S&P 500 and NASDAQ reached new highs again. Gross domestic product grew at an annual rate of 3.2% in the first quarter, higher than the 2.3% economists had expected. Crude oil prices fell following President Donald Trump's comments that he had called on OPEC to lower prices. Following earnings reports, Amazon stock rose, Exxon dropped, and Intel tumbled 9% in today's after the bell. A great quarter with some shadows. Yeah, it was great. But the fact is, the economic recovery seems to continue. And this is interesting. Monica Showalter says in The American Thinker, Ignorant press surprised by 3.2% blowout GDP number. First quarter gross domestic product numbers are in and they are a blowout. But to much of the financial press, even the finan- even the press, even the financial press, that's a surprise. Get a load of these headlines. US economy grows by 3.2% in the first quarter, topping expectations. U.S. economy blows past growth expectations in the first quarter. Business Insider, the first one was CNN. The American economy looked like a drag a few months ago. Not anymore, CNN says. The U.S. economy grows 3.2% in the first quarter, well above estimates. Yahoo Finance. Topping expectations, blowing past expectations, well above estimates, tops forecast, all of it unexpectedly so. Some analysts cited the various reports erroneously suggested that since tax cuts were done, that factor as a growth indicator was all done. It's nonsense because tax cuts have have long been known to have extended knock-on effects, something that baffles the left. When you have more money in your pocket month after month, it's not rocket science to say that that factor brought on by tax cuts often leads to investment. See, this is where the press, once again, people who are conservative have to act as a um, as a counterweight to what you hear in the press. And the prevailing press is liberal 
does not want to give Trump credit for uh, having anything to do with the economy. And they don't want to understand why the economy is still doing well. Now, here's a quick article by Jim Grant, The Long Decline of the Hedge Fund. We might talk about this in the next hour. Long only hits the spot for hedge funds, ran the headline in the Financial Times the other day. Hedge, the word used to be and may one day be again hedged. To guard against the downside while partaking of the upside, hedged investors buy some securities for the rise and others for the fall, sell others for the fall. Hedging, Jones said, is a speculative tool used to conservative ends. So ran the theory. Usually publicity-averse Jones, this was a quoting Alfred Winslow Jones, handed out no business cards. but said that his fund had appreciated by 671% in the prior 10 years, the firm having earned 20% of that gorgeous upside. So hedge funds are designed in such a way that they keep 20% of the profit that they make. But lately, with the market doing so well, you've been better off buying the S&P 500. And that's what uh, Jim Grant is saying there is that uh, you'd do better to buy the S&P 500. Stay with us. We're going to talk some more about the economy and the markets when we come back for the second hour. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Leave and leave behind. Oh, bring it to me. 